0: Well, if you want to talk about nerd culture, I don't need to do any research because I have lived
1: it. You are the ultimate nerd on those mean streets. You are the ultimate nerd. I'm really not.
0: I'm not really even a fan of anything.
1: You actually got mad when I said that you're like Ben Wyatt from Parks and Rec. (laughs) (laughs) I thought I was giving you a compliment, and you you were very upset about it.
0: Well, that uh, very much bears on the topic hand, which is fan culture. Fan culture. Fan culture is. Very much a two-edged sword. There is a lot about it that is good and worth celebrating, and there is a lot about it that should be nuked from space.
1: (laughs) Hi, guys. Welcome to the show. It's Culture Time. I'm Hemel Javari, and with me is Brian Minter, Biggest and Best Nerd.
0: Biggest and Best Nerd, happy to be back in the Hemel Javari Mothership Podcasting Studio, the lavishly appointed (laughs) podcasting studio.
1: Thanks for hanging out, Brian. Yeah, Um, thanks for having me. So last time we actually ended the show... With kind of some ideas for things we wanted to talk about, and the thing that we both walked away wanting to discuss more was fan culture. I think we started with uh, you not having seen Star Wars uh, and uh, whether or not you were worried about spoilers.
0: Yes, and I have since seen. Have you seen the s- new Star Wars film? Since
1: okay, well, well, do you mind if we kick it off with that? Yes.
0: What did you, What did? How did you feel about the Last Jedi?
1: Okay, I will start by saying that I am not a huge Star Wars fan. I, I don't participate in that fandom. I like the stories just fine, but I don't have any deep emotional, personal connection to, to it. Um, I thought it was okay. I thought that there was a lot of things that could have been better. I did not understand all the backlash among fans
0: there was a lot of fan backlash there was
1: because i i went in thinking that it had gotten great critical reviews i didn't understand that it got great critical reviews but that it got a lot of really poor fan reviews and to me the problem with the film was that it was far too similar to um the what is it the empire strikes back yes is that the last one or the third, That's the middle the one, of middle the one. right? The middle one of the oh god, you nerds!
0: The spiritual forefather <laughs> of the Last Jedi in many ways. So yes,
1: so I thought it was far too similar to that one, and that I, I walked away being like, why did I just watch The Empire Strikes Back but with slightly different characters? <laughs> and then I got on the internet and realized that people were really upset that they had changed it so much. So I completely don't understand why the backlash is happening
0: yeah I, I checked on the way here it's got currently at 91 percent critics rating on rotten mm-hmm. tomatoes and a 47 percent rating from fans and normally it's inverted
1: so what is your take on star wars uh
0: the the whole thing
1: um are you a fan let me let me start you can't by i have a take on star wars let me the whole s- thing okay it's too big oh okay okay sorry about that <laughs> let me <laughs> once again brian you see
0: hockey is played <laughs> in canada
1: Mostly in Canada. Mostly in Canada. Uh, what about, are you a fan of Star Wars? Uh,
0: yeah. But, I, okay, I, I'm not a let fan me, in a capital F sense that okay. we're talking about here.
1: Yes. Let me, in In terms of, if you could quickly rank things that you are a fan of, where does Star Wars fall roughly on that list? I don't. I, I'm, You're not, like, number one wearing... Like, yeah, I'm like, not
0: going to ever go to a Star Wars convention right. or stand in line, and I don't have to see it the night it comes out. Um, I feel like I'm I'm I would put Star Wars maybe one notch above superhero movies like okay. or Marvel movies, right? Like okay. oh, I'm going to see the new one, I'll read a review of it and then go, but I'm not I'm not invested in it, I'm not going to argue about it on the internet.
1: So what did you think of Star Wars?
0: I liked it. Uh, I thought it was a fantastic hour and 45 minute movie. Mhm shoved into a two-hour and 45-minute movie. Oh, my God, yes. It
1: yeah. was way, way too long. I thought it was going to end at multiple, multiple <laughs> points. I was like, wait, why are we still in the theater?
0: And I think the reason why it was so long is the thing we've talked about before, that that function of it's not at this stage of the game when you're directing a giant blockbuster movie, you're not just setting out to tell the best story. Yes. You're like, well, I have to do... Like they have they have way too many characters, Mm -hmm. and they for reasons of like franchise duty and intellectual Mm -hmm. property, so you've got to put all the characters in there. Like the whole there's a forty minute story with the Finn, the stormtrooper, and his girlfriend. It's Mm -hmm. completely orthogonal to the plot. It's pointless. It didn't need to be in the movie, but it's in there because oh we've got this guy, you know he's got to do something in the movie.
1: I that to me that plot and again I guess spoilers if you haven't seen the last Jedi. Uh, that plot goes absolutely nowhere. nowhere, and it's chock full of weird cameos, like weird celebrity cameos. Is it who were the
0: celebrity cameos? Uh, oh, Benicio del Toro. Shows Benicio up.
1: del Toro shows up and does nothing. Um, yeah, doesn't pointless. Justin Thoreau is oh, right. there. Yes, he's the guy. And there's a couple of other people who are in costume that we can't tell apparently, but it served absolutely no purpose whatsoever except intro- intro- like it kind of establishes Finn and the other girl whose name I can't remember. Um Finn's she's new girlfriend is her Finn's new name. girlfriend, yeah Finn's new girlfriend Rose. Rose to go along with all the other people who like Finn like fall in line um like he needs one more love interest, like he's got several, <laughs> so. but like
0: it's not like he's fine as a character and an actor. I thought I thought she was actually a little. I didn't really love her.
1: I thought she was fine,
0: but like either either give them either make something about them or don't like they were very felt very shoehorned in, yeah, but I will say that I think the the Luke plot was great, especially the ending mm-hmm. and I think that the Ray Kylo thing mm-hmm. was was good and I think that was very like you, you said it felt like Empire Strikes back to you. Like yes. to me, Star Wars has themes like that's the only the reason why the prequels were so terrible. they had they didn't really care they cared overly much about effects and plot, which is nerd stuff. Mm-hmm. They didn't really care about what are the themes of this And the main themes of Star Wars I would say are salvation, redemption, and space battles,
1: space battles, yes.
0: and I feel like this movie definitely delivered on space battles. Big thumbs up, and the Kylo Ray story was—I thought that was super Star Warsy, right? Because it's all about, like, it definitely echoes it has... the thing with Luke and his father, right? But it's—it's it's not that thing. Maybe mm-hmm. you thought it was just that thing rehashed uh,
1: from the outside perspective. It was that thing rehashed. Mm. Yeah, I, I mean, I understand all the themes, but there was, there is. There's a difference between recirculating themes in u- unique and interesting ways, and then just uh, changing some of the names and having the same scene play out almost verbatim.
0: So you think that the scene where uh, she's going there to save Kylo Ren and, and he turns on his yeah. evil overlord was the sort of the throne room scene from it, the Return of the Jedi?
1: That's exactly yeah. what I saw. I saw I saw the same thing happening, mm-hmm. and I was like, "This, yeah, fair enough." Uh, so oh, I want to go back to Luke. Yeah, because, the Luke
0: ending was so good. That uh, was brilliant. So
1: I think that part of the problem that a lot of people had, fans had, was the way Luke died or that he doesn't come through and help save everybody in the end. Yeah, he's uh, Luke Skywalker. They and he tried to... to kill uh, <laughs> one of his pupils, right? Like, But that
0: he, he really didn't, right? I thought that scene was really, I thought he that came was close. well done. Yeah. He, in a moment he... of weakness. Yes. And yeah, you're right. Fans don't think Luke Skywalker should have a moment of weakness. Yeah.
1: Well, they don't want their heroes to be uh humanized, right? Yeah. They don't want their heroes to be human. They want Luke to be that that um what is the word? Uh, they want him to be an archetype. They want him to be that archetype. They don't want any kind of fallibility or humanity in him.
0: And I think the like well, I think that the, and maybe this is deliberate. Like they the whole Luke storyline is almost a rebuke to like fan overinvestment and fan entitlement, right? The idea yes, that like and- the thing Luke even says in the movie, like, I'm not a legend. I can't single-handedly fight the whole empire or yeah. the First Order whatever they are now. Um, mm-hmm. And then the fans probably wanted him to do that. And then the fact that he does this, what I thought was, like, a really beautifully written twist on that. Mm-hmm. Like, what I thought was great about that was, yeah, like, he sets it up. Like, I can't single-handedly take on, you know, the whole empire. And then you think he is, but he realizes he's actually doing the sort of – he's not – I don't think about this. Alright,
1: well, so the uh He's not the savior, right? He doesn't come in and act as the savior. Yeah.
0: I think he has a heroic death.
1: He does. He has a very heroic death. He self sacrifices. Um but that sorry, I don't mean to cut you off. You, no, you sound I, like I don't you know were gonna say and, Um but his arc, like the repudi- repudiation of like the hero myth almost comes in also with um Oscar Isaac. What's his name? What's his Uh, character? Poe Dameron. Poe, right? Poe wants to be the hero. Like, he wants to be the lone hero that goes in against the wisdom of the general and uh, can fight that battle and save uh, their ship at the very end. That doesn't work, right? And that's the same thing that they thought Luke was going to come do. They're going to have the one lone hero come in and save everybody, and that's not what they're setting up with this new series of Star Wars movies. Yeah, he he failed too. Yeah, he failed as well.
0: And I think that that whole plot... Like, really, he, he he really screwed up. Like, the movie kind of glossed over his, like, t- treasonous level <laughs> of failure.
1: Um, well, they did make him a failure, and I think that's what fans really raged against.
0: But that's what happens in The Empire Strikes Back, which, like, nerds have... They receive nerd wisdom now is that that's the best of the Star Wars movies, mm-hmm. and that's the most critically acclaimed. But that's what happens in that, like, that middle act of the original story is that, like, at the end of that... Cut Luke's hand off, and the rebellion is scattered, and you know Darth Vader uh, has the momentum.
1: I am really curious what happened at the end of the The Star Wars films up to this new one because they had all this time and space and they didn't really advance anything, (laughs) right? It didn't. I was like, because I I watched the ending and I'm like, why are you guys happy? There's no foreseeable government. You have no plan (laughs) as to how to rule. Yeah, the
0: rebellion won at the end of Return (laughs) of the Jedi, but the status quo is completely the same. It's completely the same. Um, but the yeah, the one. Well, I also thought like just uh, technically speaking, the Mm -hmm. Luke finale. Spoiler alert. Uh, was great, because I did not see... It wasn't until, like, the very end, I was like, wait a minute, like, it's, the stuff with his... Uh, like, the the red... the How they set up, like, the red dirt and his yeah. foot. You realize his foot is not actually creating those, like, smears in the dirt that Kylo's feet are... Uh, that was great, right? Because earlier beautiful. on, you see the like these like junky land speeders, yeah. and the, They're throwing the red salt around, and you're like, okay, that's just a typical a cool Star. Yeah, it's a cool visual; visual. It doesn't effect. mean anything. Yeah. And then at the end, of Luke, for like, oh, that, like an hour ago, that film planted a really important visual clue that I'm just now getting.
1: I well, you're making me think highly of it. Um, I, I still, I still am predisposed to. It's not so much that I don't like it, but I try to it. Mm. Other people's, um, how can I say this? Uh, other people's uh, frenzy about it tends to be a turn off for oh, me. Oh, yeah, sure. Because uh, the nerds are so upset and oh, so the nerds invested. Are the worst. And please don't anybody like yell at me for using "nerd" <laughs> as a pejorative. I'm not. I am using it to just encompass a whole big group of people. You can
0: send hate mail to Hemel on Twitter. <laughs> She's already getting it. I'm already getting a lot of it because she took on Kid Rock fans <laughs> this week on the internet. So now is a great okay. time to pile on.
1: <laughs> please don't. Um, but yeah, that frenzied, like, obsessive reaction to it is a huge turn off for people who are kind of on the outside.
0: There was this. I think one of the fan backlashes. And this is the ugliest element of it. Is the like, oh, it's there's a lady, and a black guy, and oh. a, that Kind of stuff, and I don't know if you saw this, but someone did uh, a sexist cut, not to be funny, like they did it seriously. Yeah, heart they, attack. I they read took the headline. Out all the women, and like they're left with like a f- terrible 40 minute movie.
1: I, yeah, I read the headline that said somebody tried to defeminize the new Star Wars. And, Imagine
0: how I mean, broken your brain has to oh be to conceive of that and carry it out and then share it.
1: And how much you have to hate women. Yes, it's like you you really have to hate women to think that that is they have was a problem. They've ruined your movie. They've ruined your movie. Um
0: Oh, one thing I had that uh there's a my favorite podcast, The Weekly Planet. Mm-hmm. Um who mostly talk about comic books and movies and stuff. Um they reviewed The Last Jedi and they liked it, but they talked a little about some of the fan backlash and uh, one of them said, "No one hates Star Wars like Star Wars fans." <laughs> Cuz people were like burning shirts and Yeah.
1: So burning shirts is a huge thing that sports fans do. Yeah, right. When,
0: Le- when LeBron left, because uh, when I first uh, met my my now wife, she was living in Cleveland, mm-hmm. and like they were cr- like crazy in a way I've never seen for LeBron because he's from there and he's and then he went from left for Miami and you would have thought that
1: you would have thought that he had burned the entire city of <laughs> Cleveland to the ground when he left. Uh,
0: yeah. Yeah. It was it was such a visceral insult. Yeah. And people were burning jerseys and tearing down, yeah, it was nuts.
1: Um so my questions for you are actually more kind of about your personal fandom.
0: When I was younger, I would definitely have identified myself as a comic book fan. Okay. Like I went to conventions and I subscribed, you know, and I, that's not really something I'm super into anymore. Um, um I was always like a sort of D&D role-playing fan. Mm-hmm. And I still am, but I don't
1: what I don't so really let's, engage
0: in fan culture in that let sense. Let me
1: backtrack. What is the first thing that you can remember being a fan of?
0: Well so to to put in a good word for fans, because I think we're really harshing on the nerds here, um you know, as as you know, as I you may have experienced in your life, the internet is bad for humans.
1: Always terrible. And
0: so a lot of times when we're talking about fan culture and how it's toxic and it's horrible and it's upsetting, it's the internet. Mm-hmm. Um But there are places where you can interact with fans and see fan culture in person, right? Mm -hmm. Like conventions is a big one. Like a bunch of people who love whatever it is get together and they, you know, get into their thing. And I remember the very first time I went to a convention, uh, it was Rovicon, the Roanoke Valley Science Fiction Fantasy Convention. And I was like, I don't know, like 13, and my mom like drove me there and dropped me off. And, And when you go to a convention, the point is that you're like, Playing board games, role playing games, or you're going to panels, or you're doing the costume contest. I didn't even understand it. I didn't even do any of that stuff. I just wandered around all day, and like I can still remember like the sense of like, wow, this is great. Like yeah. all these people are like painting miniatures and dressed up like orcs and uh, like all of the misfits and crazy people that you don't see walking around your small town are all, you know, jammed in like the three rooms of this convention center.
1: Well, that's why people are so into their fandoms and are so protective of them, right? It gives them such a sense of belonging and a yeah, space totally. of acceptance and identity that once you start messing with it, you are actually messing with their sense of self. And, and that's how they get completely nuts about it.
0: And and again to defend the nerds. Like I think when we talk about like diversity, I think we're usually talking about Racial diversity and gender and sexual orientation. Well, I think well, there's a lot of different ways people are that we don't talk about, which mm-hmm. is I don't know, being socially awkward, being heavy, being unattractive, being a weird person. Yes, and and you know, without knocking anybody, a lot of those kinds of people are attracted to comic books and movies and D and D and that kind of stuff. And so, if you go to like yeah, like a role playing convention or a comic book convention. You will see a lot of weirdos and misfits, but you're seeing them like you're seeing them have a place where everyone accepts them. Yeah. One thing, if you go to a convention, something that you see you realize you don't see in lots of places is a lot of people with disabilities, mm-hmm. like so much so that it starts to you don't even notice. Like if you see someone with a physical disability on the metro at work, it's very noticeable, but right. if you go to a convention, there's so many people who are like that, it just fades into the background. Um, you know, and you see, yeah, you see a lot of white dudes, but you also see a lot of like women and a lot of black people, a lot of queer people. Um, so I think fan culture at its best is actually a really welcoming space and it's welcoming of people that maybe aren't welcomed in other places. And that yeah, that's really powerful, right? Like that's yes. forging a bond for life with somebody.
1: I, I mean, and I think that I have never been to a convention and I kind of really want to go. You
0: should go as a sociolog- sociological observer.
1: <laughs> and that's the last thing I want to do, actually, is that I would love to go somewhere as a fan, but I'm far too... Um, reserved to I think like fully get into it because as much as I I can't even think of anybody that I want it would want to dress up as <laughs> but uh, I I don't know if I could let myself get that far so I think there's something incredible about you know all the all the people that do dress up and yeah. they go to these places the cosplayers,
0: and like the amount of time <laughs> and energy they yes. put into like their 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 stuff
1: I I will like the fan cultures that I have seen and been a part of I feel like only the Worst stuff gets pushed out into the public, right? Like, you, like, the Rick and Morty is a really good example right, the, the of, thing. of the McDonald's thing, right? The Rick and Morty fans going kind of nuts about whatever sauce that they wanted. I'm, I don't, can't even remember it. It was the
0: Szechuan sauce, the sauce, it was a sauce. throwaway <laughs> joke in an episode of an animated show, and people were screaming at McDonald's employees yes. over it.
1: And, and yeah, and that is the kind of stuff that filters out into the theme, um, out into mainstream media. But uh, your initial point about how fandom originally started as this welcoming space for all kinds of people that there was no real space for in the dominant culture, right, is uh, I think the one thing that is attractive to anybody. Yeah, you,
0: because it's social, right? Like if you yeah. sit at home and you're like, oh, my God, I love Star Wars, but you never talk to anybody about it, you're not a fan. You're just watching a TV show or a movie. It's like yeah. fandom only happens when you interact with other people.
1: Well, I'm a very passive consumer of fan culture like i love what fan culture puts out but i only consume it i don't produce any of it so what about
0: that show you like where the british people don't buy the houses that they look
1: at <laughs> escape to the country
0: yeah. <laughs> is there an escape to the country is there fandom there no Can no no cosplay as a I, british real estate investor
1: i'll i get into i'll get into tv shows right i'll get into like certain tv shows um and then my fandom will probably run for about like a month where I'll be like, I'm obsessed with this thing, which means that I have to look at all the memes on Tumblr and I have to look at some of the fan art, not all of the fan art because then it gets super <laughs> weird and you don't want to go down that road. But
0: wait, when you do that, are you getting into it with other people or is this just you're looking at stuff?
1: Uh, I'm just I'm just looking at stuff on the internet. I'm very, like I said, I'm a, um, I'm a lurker. That's what they used to call you on message boards, <laughs> right. right? Where if you read the message board, but you didn't, Type anything, or didn't actively engage in the conversation. I miss message board, message board oh. culture.
0: I was very into some message boards back in the day. Do you
1: remember? Did you, did you ever read Television Without Pity? I a little bit, yeah. That was that was my first exposure to fandom. It was just like that the was star- serious message board people. Yes, it was just the start of the internet and people starting to have a voice about TV. And instead of being passive consumers, they were taking a real active role in critiquing what they were watching. And I remember just being blown away by the message boards because people would take every single little thing happening and uh, you know discuss it to death and that is really interesting how that line between creator and consumer has become once so wide open um but it's also become like weirdly porous right because if you have people in power creating tv shows they're actually listening some of people are listening very closely to what fans are saying
0: and i think that probably is one of the reasons why the to- we're seeing the toxicity of fan culture like mm-hmm. two generations ago, there was zero feedback loop between like the studios yes. and the fans now, yeah, you can interact with these people and and the fans are so into every aspect of like the production and the pre production all that stuff that they get this... There's that sense of entitlement, right? Like, yes. I want to see this thing happen. Yes. It didn't happen. I'm furious. I'm burning my T-shirt.
1: That sense of entitlement really starts to, I think, interfere with like somebody's creative vision. Oh, yeah, totally. Right? Because you can't... Uh, you can't have your own vision if you're always constantly trying to predict how people are gonna react or what they want to see.
0: Have you ever heard the expression fan service?
1: I have. It's,
0: yeah, that's the, like that's when you feel as yes. a creator obligated to do a thing just because you know the fans will appreciate it. Yes. Yoda is to me the best example of this. Yoda is was is one of this he's ridiculously beloved. And it's hard to even say why. Like he's a little puppet. Right. He's in like four scenes and people are crazy for Yoda. And here's so here's why I, something I liked about the new movies that was terrible about the prequels, and this is fan service gone wrong. So the people making the prequels, well, I guess, still Lucas were like, "What do people love? They love Yoda." <laughs> and the great thing about Yoda, the reason why Yoda is very important in the original trilogy, is because Luke and the audience mm-hmm. at a certain point think, "Oh, the Force is about doing flips and having laser sword battles," <laughs> and then we meet Yoda. And do you, right. You might not even know I, about this, but you remember the scene where he meets Yoda. Yes, and he's like, "I'm here to meet Yoda, the Jedi Master." Yes, and Yoda,
1: and, he's expecting some big, yes, tall, handsome exactly. guy, and Yoda's this old, shriveled guy. <laughs>
0: yeah, he doesn't. He Green. can't even conceive that that could be Yoda, right? Because in his mind, yeah, it has to be an action hero, right? We learn as Luke learns. Oh, wait, the Force is not about backflips and laser swords. It's about balance and harmony, and and all these, you know, it's the spiritual thing, spiritual
1: thing, something that's within you and so not they external. Get to yeah. the
0: prequel trilogy, and what do they make Yoda do? They make him do backflips with laser swords. <laughs> it's terrible. It's compl- and it's fan service gone wrong. Like yeah. that's what people want to see Yoda doing all this shit. Yeah, it's so dumb. I, I'm getting angry thinking about it because I'm a fan at heart. And in the new movie, that's what I think. That's why I love so much about the Luke thing is that they did, like well, they set up Kylo Ren as this like cynical, hardened like fighter. Right, that's all <laughs> he does. He murders people. Luke is not that guy, right? Luke was he's a competent combatant, but if they had made Luke show up old, grizzled, out of shape and have a laser sword battle with <laughs> Kylo Ren, realistically the guy would have killed him. Right. So instead Luke drew upon this like this greater power of the Force to teach this this young upstart a lesson.
1: I'm trying to think about the the Han Solo movie. Don't you think that's fan service?
0: Oh, the fact that they're making one? Not the fact yeah, that they're making totally. one.
1: And I, I think that millions of people have probably written fan fiction about Han Solo for from from the beginning. Oh, yeah. They're, they're going to hate that. There's no they're gonna, way they're there's, not going to hate there's that. My, my <laughs> point is that they've had decades to invent their own backstory oh, for yeah. Han. And um. who's it? Lando Cardassian? Is that oh his name? Oh, my God.
0: Emil. What's his name? I don't know what his, his name, name is. His name is Lando Calrissian. Okay,
1: sorry. I told it's you I'm Lando not a nerd. Lando <laughs> Jesus. But they've had decades <laughs> there should
0: be a <laughs> <Lando> kardashian show <laughs> maybe it's like set in the star wars universe but it's a reality show <laughs> and like he's on cloud city and he's living it up
1: my point is is that they have had decades to invent their own backstory yes for this character and nothing that you put on film and try to pass <laughs> off as canon is going to make anybody happy. They're already too invested in their own interpretation. Yeah,
0: there's no, that movie's, there's no way the fans aren't gonna hate it. No, there's no way. Even, like, you just use the phrase canon or the word canon. Like, that's canon. a very fan culture thing. Yeah, But uh, even that idea is kind of nutty and it's such a nerd thing, right? The idea, like, oh, and when you say something is canon or not, that means, oh, it happened or it didn't. None of it happened, right? Like, <laughs> Luke Skywalker's not a real guy. He didn't do any of this stuff. So the idea that there's this sharp distinction between the stuff Luke really did and the stuff Luke didn't really do yes. is wackadoodle.
1: Uh, yeah. So so canon, this concept of canon is super interesting to me because people fight about it all the time, right? Especially when you have the comic books go into into movies like the Marvel movies. Right. People, the extended universe yes, they call it distortion like Wars the people fans. get very upset about it's not canon and that doesn't make any sense to me no
0: and other, like for like for batman mm-hmm. they've been writing batman stories for 75 years they've had to start over and like if ba- if everything batman had done was canon he'd be 190 <laughs> and he'd live on the moon there's <laughs> no way f- the concept doesn't even make sense
1: right but there are some immutable things to these characters uh, like superman doesn't kill people Right. Like One that of the reasons
0: why the new movies are so bad is because they have even those as you say, those bedrock principles of these characters yeah. been completely abrogated. Those movies just suck anyway. They do suck. I'm so disappointed in them. But I will say with yeah, with like Batman, like who's a character I've been like following since I was two yeah. Like, I was like, ah, oh, why did they do that? That's so stupid. I want to hit him.
1: It, it, it was. The new Justice League movies do make me just really sad for, for Superman. Like, this is a character that I love, and I've loved Christopher Reeve as he played it, and there's no better Superman than Christopher Reeve, as far as I'm concerned. So almost every iteration of it has been disappointing.
0: Maybe that's why the Marvel movies, in part, are more successful, because they're characters that no one had a... Real investment in like you yeah. have to be a hardcore nerd to have ever cared about Thor as a comic book character.
1: Yes, and and to be like no, Chris Hemsworth doesn't nail it exactly. or whatever. Yeah, but as
0: Batman, everyone knows what they think Batman should talk like and look yeah. like and act like.
1: Um,
0: and you you touch on this like what happens in the Last Jedi is that the characters change, mm-hmm. um, which is what should happen in a good story, right? Like characters who don't change or don't you know suffer conflict, you know, aren't that interesting. But I think again, like your point to like the fans who've been like stewing on this forever they don't want they don't want the characters to change. They don't yeah. want Luke to be different.
1: You think we were too hard on fans?
0: I think the fans deserve it. I mean, I think we are talking about like fans capital F, these very vocal. It's like we said, it's very entitled, it's overinvestment. It's not good for them. It's not good for the culture. It's not good for art. So, I think they deserve a little bit of pushback.
1: They do, but I do appreciate all of the great stuff that they create. I there's so much incredible creativity that comes out of fandoms in terms of art, and uh, I don't know what else they do like memes and photos and breaking down the trailers for Avengers and all these superhero movies. Oh, yeah, the trailer breakdowns. And and they really really get into it and. I find myself engaging with material on a, a different level because of these people. Like, like I said, like with the star Wars, sometimes it can kind of turn you off and kind of be kind of a pushback because you feel very excluded from it. Like you can't even participate in the discussion right. unless you've memorized every single star Wars movies, even the the weird ones in the middle. Um, but there's this great engagement and there's also this great, um, ownership of, of the culture. Like you said, it can lead to entitlement. um, but they have opened up the the discussion like it's now a two-way conversation instead of us just being fed things yeah.
0: And the investments, the, the thing you're talking about is the, like, so the the core trait there is investment. Yeah. And it manifests itself negatively as entitlement, and it manifests itself positively as this, what you're saying, this, yeah, this creativity, this non-passive consumption. Yeah,
1: and celebration, and also in, tr- in you know, pushing things forward in terms of um, acceptance for race and gender and sexuality, kind of making sure there's all kinds of inclusion, because fans are often the first people to call shit out for being, like, you know, heteronormative or white cis, whatever, and creating lots of space for people either like themselves or people who don't have any representation. Like, I think fans don't get a lot of credit for the amount of pushback that they do, Mm -hmm. like, to try to create that space. Uh,
0: Yeah, I would like to think that the fans who, like, the fans who made the sexist cut and the fans that hated the Ghostbusters because it was ladies, I would like to think that that is a vocal minority.
1: Yeah, I I think those are vocal minority. I think a lot of it is just kind of quiet... uh, quietly pushing the boundaries for what they want to see
0: yeah. so this stuff is not just uh you know <laughs> it's not just entertainment it's uh, it's windows into our connections as human beings and, and that's
1: how art should function it's it's kind of the best way to bring that stuff um out into the world <laughs> all right um
0: so we'll, we should go to the t- we should podcast live from the big ted dancing
1: convention think we should go there and do that all right i assume there is one (laughs) brian thanks for hanging out thanks for having me as always thank you guys for listening and um i'm sure you'll tell us what you thought on facebook